Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? Good. Okay. Oh, we, we can't get no well. We can't oh, get no well. well. <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out here today. That's an early, early in the morning well. I'm saying before the break it down. Hey, hey, you know what? Speaking, speaking of, I mean, you know what? I'm doing well too, y'all. I am like obsessed with this. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if y'all been seeing this challenge on like the internet streets, but uh, Drake's... Um, in my feelings challenge or oh, this the shiggy show challenge no. so everybody's no. getting out their cars and doing this dance no. No. and i've been doing that in my home, like, having a lot of fun like, and, so, and i like no we don't know no look you gotta find the moments of joy when you can you know you gotta hold on hey, to man. them hold on to them tight so, but speaking of early in the morning See, what is on the table? What is on the table for us today? Oh, a song comes to mind for me. Early in the morning, I put breakfast at your table. And I make sure that your coffee has its sugar and cream. Come on. Wait a minute, what song is that? Your eggs are over easy (laughs) and your toast is lightly done. Y'all know this. This is Karen Wright's I'm not your superwoman. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the kind of girl that you, that you can love and, and think that everything's okay. Boy, I am only human. <laughs> That was the jam. Come on, Prophet Karen. Yes. Come on, Prophet no. White. Come on, Prophet Karen White. Karen taught us, y'all. Karen taught oh us. She God. taught us at a very young and I tender mean, age. I was seven. I was seven I, when this song dropped. I mean, I this song is like embedded in my psyche. Like it's a part of life now. <laughs> oh, 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 in so many ways and for so I many went, reasons. I went y'all. forward I was, with this song. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, if you don't know who that is, that was Karen White's Superwoman. And yeah. I'm not your superwoman. That is on the table, y'all. Mm. We talking about this, this superhero, strong black woman stereotype, uh, because that's what's popped up. Well, it's obviously been something mm. that's pl- been plaguing us forever. Um, but in light of um, sister Patricia Okumu's wow. uh, very brave act of political resistance on July 4th, um, when she scaled uh, Lady Liberty uh, in New York, uh, w- this narrative has been popping up. And so, uh, and a lot of people have been pushing back on it, which I was really glad to see, um, including Truth Table. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we wanted to talk about um, the fact that we are not super women. We are not superheroes, <laughs> the strong black woman t- stereotype and what that's doing to us. So y'all, let's let's just get into it. Well, first of all, let me tell y'all a little bit about Patricia yeah, Kumu, sure. and let's talk about just how amazing she is. How about that? Um, so like I already mentioned, she's uh, immigrated here from the Congo 24 years ago. Um, and she is a U.S. citizen, and she carried her passport with her because she already knows what time it is here. Um, and uh, and uh, while she actually, Michelle, what did she say when she was up there? Because I was very she, much. 
got yeah and when she got to the pedestal she felt such rest and peace even just behind lady liberty's shoe Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um it basically rocked her to sleep even (laughs) during the police standoff Uh, she said i'm up here because i'm at one with children in cages and when liberty i guess she felt the nearness of liberty she Mm -hmm. experienced such rest that Mm -hmm. she could still sleep with and for all of these children who couldn't find rest until they had their homes Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yes exactly and um she said in order to get up there she had to ask god she said god please help me up Mm-hmm. Uh, she knew she couldn't do it in her own strength because she's a human being, not a superwoman. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, after she was released, you know, from uh, custody, uh, she she said this. This is what I'm, I'm going to quote here. Michelle Obama, our beloved first lady that I care so much about, said, "When they low, when they go low, we go high." And I went as high as I could. End quote. So that's one way of interpreting that. Um, (laughs) And I am not mad. (laughs) A literalist. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I just was like, we needed. We we decided. You know, we needed like a. I guess if you an episode dedicated to uh, Sister Patricia Akumu and just uh, some of the controlling narratives that have come out. Uh, as a result of that. So like, what, what are your own thoughts about the whole superwoman, uh, strong black woman trope? Um, and how has it impacted your own lives? Y'all? Hmm. Right. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Many words. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess a lot of things come to mind. I'm curious to hear what Em will say too, but mm-hmm. what in, initially jumps in my mind are the consequences of thinking that people are something different than human. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one of the more immediate things that makes me think of is um, what we've seen, what we've seen in medical research, historical medical Hello. racist research yes. um, and the use of black women's bodies uh, yes. without anesthesia. And to this day, the very common belief among students in training to go into the medical profession that black people have a higher tolerance for pain and the consequences of that bear out in the levels uh, or likelihood of being given pain medication it even Uh impacts black children whether or not they're giving pain given pain medication um yes so all of that to say that you know one of the reasons why black people are not as high up in kind of this opiate addiction right now is because of the impact of racism Thank God that Mm -hmm. we're not as caught up in the same way. Obviously, there are still addiction issues in every community, but we know that there are different different groups, particularly white folks, are more likely to be given painkillers to ease their pain, whereas black people are are seen as having a higher tolerance for pain. We know this impacts the way that black folks are policed, right, as well. So Mm -hmm. um, if someone is is superhuman or subhuman, different sides of the same coin, uh, then we can justify mistreating them. So that is what initially comes to mind for me. And and what what comes to mind for you? I'm in this space where I I think there's this um, there's this reverse image that more Black women, especially Black women who have platforms today, mm-hmm. are trying to put out there, and that is uh, the woman of grace and. Uh, weakness, the beautification of weakness mm. and 
the beautification of a frailty that needs community mm-hmm. and how that is almost the new not a trope but it's almost the new um example like the mm-hmm. image that we're trying to instill and show our baby girls trying to trying to show our sons mm-hmm. that what you know womanhood is so much more been doing everything. And in the midst of that, you begin to realize, at least I have, uh, the more I discover and study and really begin to rely on womanism as a particular lens, even for theological discussion. Um, But the more I look at it, the more I realize there, there is something of a magic to being able to say, I am weak. Mm. And there is strength in that, right? So they talk, you know, we talk often about how um, boys growing up and different sports and being called vaginas and stuff by coaches who were just cruel and mean. But I'm sorry, that is the strongest body part the Lord ever made. Um, And I, you know, some of us know that Mm. for a fact. (laughs) I think that. (laughs) So I think that <laughs> it the problem the problem is not oh every woman has to be a superwoman. The problem mm. is that when we insert when we presume that a superwoman cannot be super and sit down. When we mm. presume that your cape may never go to the dry cleaners or I'm just stealing mm. from the group chat today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Or when we believe that super women are solitary. Mm. I don't think there's anything mm. ordinary or mundane about what Patricia did. And I think that mm-hmm. we're we're crazy if we don't point that out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm regular. I'm regular in terms of scaling <laughs> things. I'm sorry. Bring I might be below regular. Patricia Okomu, <laughs> super. Right? I'm like, the only thing I scale is my bathroom scale before I kick it. <laughs> totally fine (laughs) i just had a perfect image of that that's right just like if this thing don't check can i rig it (laughs) i just feel like we're we're crazy if we don't mark super single moms if we don't mark Mm -hmm. super aunties um if we don't mark super big mamas like we're crazy Mm. but what makes what is our failure? What causes us to crumble mm. is when we believe that mm. being super uh, means you should be solitary. And that honestly, mm. that's what deteriorates mm. them mm. too. Yeah. Um, I think uh, for me, I, I think of, uh, I scoff at super because I see what it's done to my mom. I see what it's done to my aunts. I see what it can do to me. And so I think, um, and then I, I, because I, for me, I, I think about um, these, you know, what Patricia Hill Collins calls um, um, controlling images. You know, so I think about Sapphire and Mammy. You know, it's like Sapphire and Mammy got together and had a baby, and that baby is a strong black woman, um, and it's the black superwoman, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and it's something that I think in a lot of ways we in, we internalize it, and then think it to be positive, but the reality is that stereotypes are like never really positive, right? Because they're controlling, they're constraining. Um, They uh, reduce us down uh, to a one-dimensional, you know, um, status instead of actually being 
multidimensional, multifaceted um, human beings uh, that we are. And so we're courageous for sure. That's for sure. Um, we are self-starters. You know, we're, we're, we are bold um, and we have a strong sense of justice. Um, uh, I'd say black women on the whole, not everybody, of course, but um, which is why you see us starting everything. <laughs> And, and taking yeah. that step and initiating stuff and pulling stuff down um, and, and, and touching the hem of Lady uh, Liberty's garment like she Jesus, you know, <laughs> you know, this is what, you know uh, but I think uh, in a lot of ways. We uh, we we in, we can internalize those things, and I think in some ways I used to think, "Ooh, this is a positive thing." I think much um, young when I was much younger, um, not and I didn't have the critical lens to really think through like the implications um, of it and the way that it impacts us uh, right now. And I think about man, a lot of the the high blood pressure, all this, the diseases in my family, a lot of it is brought on by stress. Um, stress from racism, um, stress from controlling images, you know, where you're expected to do everything, where you're supposed to carry the weight of the world on the, on your shoulders, where we bear the brunt of carrying, um, um, the electorate, right. Where everybody's depending on us, you know, when it comes time for us to vote. And it's like, man, look, y'all done brought us so down to the ground. Ain't nobody can save us but Jesus. All right. Um, (laughs) And so I just, I think about the ways that that gets internal, internalized, um, and put on to us and not from people outside of our, of our community, but particularly within, it's an intraracial thing too, um, where, where black women and black men, um, internalize that and perpetuate that. And so when a black woman needs to cry, it, people don't cry, you're a strong black woman, you know, don't cry. And you'll hear sisters say this too. And it's like, let people cry, let people be human. Um, so for me, um, as you said, um, and pulling into, um, strength and weakness. That's something that I found a lot of solace in, in the scriptures now is like pulling into the fact that Jesus says, I can do nothing apart from him. Um, and how God says in, in the Psalms, you know, um, how God knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. Like I am pulling into that weakness, um, like never before as a way, uh, to, um, how can you say to counteract, that, that stereotype and that controlling uh, image. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, we just, as black women, we yeah. have got to be fearlessly anthropomorphic. We have got to embrace our humanness um, and begin to really begin to push back on that um, seemingly positive, and I'm saying, I'm having air quotes right now, um, stereotype, <laughs> because it's not positive. A stereotype is not positive. That thing, that stereotype is killing us quite literally. You know, um, when, uh, when Christina brought up the, um, the experimentation and, um, the medical, uh, uh, um, field, right. On, on black women and how we don't get medicines the way that we ought to get um, treated. We don't, we're, we're losing our babies, um, in childbirth, we're losing our lives. There's so many, um, real tangible impacts and it's really actually killing us. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my little spiel. <laughs> you know, it makes oh, me, it, I was gonna say, it makes me think about, um, so Claude Steele and, and Eric Aronson have, Aronson have this theory called stereotype threat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Much of that has to do with the kind of the physiological response, the anxiety that we feel, how it impacts our performance Mm. when we become concerned about um, 
oh, validating a negative stereotype about who we are. Yes. Um, yes. And those and, and everybody, like every people group has stereotypes about them. <laughs> just kind yes, of, that's just the yes. way the, the file cabinet of the brain works. Yes. Um, but certainly if you're a minority group and a historically oppressed minority group, those stereotypes um, take on an even more... Uh, more even more detrimental consequences for you and so what happens sometimes with stereotype threat is that um one awareness of it awareness of the fact that i'm performing the way that you know, i'm afraid of affirming mm. something negative about the way people think about yes. impact my, just just yes. saying that aloud in your head actually is one of the best ways to uh suppress the the negative reaction, the physiological reaction of it, just knowing that it's just not you, there's something else going on can be helpful. But there are people sometimes who do strategically, strategically and for moments, lean into the so-called air quotes, positive stereotype. So what does that mean? I've got to go, right. go stand before a room full of people. In my, in my work, it is not uncommon for me to be in rooms full of all white men. Mm-hmm. No other women, mm-hmm. <laughs> no other people of color, no other women of color. Okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so for most people, that can be. Hmm, I'm different in here, and I know this group may hold views about me, maybe implicitly or explicitly, right. right? And so for some people, in those moments, they may opt to lean into the mythology of a quote unquote positive stereotype mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to to move along in that particular moment. In that moment, they're like, "Look, mm-hmm. where my cape." Right now, I got to get this done, <laughs> right? right? Now, the, right, pro- the problem right. is just like all anxiety, fight or flight, is you cannot live there. You cannot live in that place. You can't stay there or your your body is going to suffer and, and your psyche will suffer over time. And and ideally, mm-hmm. as you were saying, E, you know, as we mature in our faith, we realize that we don't want to wear the cape, a fake one or a real one, and that we want to lean into our vulnerability and point to who is our strength. And that can get us through those moments. Mm-hmm. But but people mm-hmm. have strategically used so-called positive stereotypes to move in and out of difficult situations for a long time. Yeah. Mm. That's good. That is good. And like, are there times where you guys have felt like, I mean, I guess like what is what are some ways that you feel like you've been, I guess, deified? That's really what what's happening. Is like it's another form of dehumanization, right? And so people think, oh, it's positive though, because we're we're exalting you, we're deifying you. But that's still whether you're either seeing us as subhuman, whether or or deifying us. That those both are those those are two sides of the same coin, as you mentioned earlier. See that it's dehumanization. Either way, you flip it. Um, and I'm wondering if y'all have had, um, if you can think of some times where this stere- this stereotype of the strong black woman or superwoman um, has impacted you um, in, in ways that are negative or maybe ways that you've had to pull into it. I don't know. Either way, really. Yeah, I think it's been really difficult and I, it always will be difficult, mm-hmm. especially for black women who come from places where their culture means so much to them mm-hmm. um, and make, you know, make the choice to be surrounded by people for whom black culture has to be explained. It's either mm-hmm. an exciting uh, amusement park that you take a trip through, wow. you know, like the, like touring the urban center mm-hmm. as part of really anything. Mm-hmm. When you tour a place that's not a museum, when you tour a place where people live, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. If you can take a tour through the hood, 
and have folks point out the chicken place like now that that right there that's the spot mm. um that this is my home like this is my neighborhood fish place or yeah. walking through yeah. neighborhoods pointing things out as if you are reading placards in museums like out of nowhere the dehumanization that can now be directly associated with uh, gentrifying and uh, the new invisibility of blackness there's there's all kinds of pains and trauma that black people especially black women have to live through and absorb and decide when and how they will communicate because everything i just said is true but everything i just said is not the truth that you can speak every day at work when you're surrounded by 15 white folk who all mm. are weeping and want you to hug them. Mm, mm, mm. So there, there is a strain that we won. Yep. We must bear it or we, we must get ourselves to a hospital. I don't know what exactly mm. um, the multi-ethnic headhunters, multi-ethnic leadership headhunters want us to do. Except to possess something that can only be divine. And this is why I believe in more of a reclamation, more mm-hmm. of a reclaiming mm-hmm. of what has been jacked up mm-hmm. and ridiculized <laughs> and made up. I love these new words. Ridiculous. That's how they get started. Things. That's how they get started. Look, it's early. We had all okay, this, now we got ridiculized. I love it. <laughs> y'all gonna get my AAVE. Okay, it's, it's early. Yes. Um, but it's just simply true yeah. that there is a very important new, there is a new kind, there is a reclaimed strength mm. that Black women have to have. Yeah. And it, it is simply that in um, the many, the being braided into like a thicker, a stronger rope. It doesn't mean mm. perfection by any means, Interesting. but it does mean that it takes the power of God mm. for us not to go off on some Beckys. And that's just, that's just how it is. Um, and I, I don't think we need to be ashamed of that. Yeah. I think we actually need to rely on the Lord and apprehend his mercy mm-hmm. um, that made it true that Jesus was God and fully man yeah. mm-hmm. at the same time. That made it true that he slept. Come on, somebody. That he would scale mountains and fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or be in a storm and yeah. get a cushion. Yeah. Why yeah. why Mark make it plain he would sleep on a cushion? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that that solace does take strength. And and I think that our trauma, um, we we can we can overcome it through acknowledging our weakness. Mm. Um, and it takes strength to be ambivalent to the foolishness of whiteness, quite honestly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a word. That is a word. And I'm wondering, that's good. Like, I like the reclamation. Well, see, I'm making up stuff now. Uh, reclamation uh, yeah. point about the power coming from God. See, now that's see now that's okay, right? The, I think the, the problem mm-hmm. typically is that people always want to root that source within us, right? As if, exactly. you know, deifying us. That's the problem. But I wonder, mm-hmm. is there a way for us to, uh, to oh, for that not to get lost, in the sauce, if you will. Whereas I look, y'all, we depend. Because a lot of these these um, acts of bravery or these political acts of resistance, you know, whether it be Brie Newsom, um, uh, Patrice um, Okumu, the great, um, which I, I throw in the great now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, Lashia, uh, oh my goodness, I lost her last name. Um, but Lashia, the one who was, um, who just stand just so, I mean, effortless, oh, yeah. so powerfully right in the mm-hmm. face, um, of the police. Um, I think it was back in New Orleans or Louisiana. I, should, I know it was Louisiana for sure. Um, they always, if you listen to the, if you actually read their, the articles and the stories, uh, how those things came to be, they were always either quote, uh, Brie was quoting scripture, depending on mm-hmm. God, Patrice, mm-hmm. uh, Patricia, sorry, Okumu asked, um, Okumu the great asked <laughs> God for help, uh, to scale the, uh, um, the uh, Lady Liberty uh, and Lashia also um, also called out to God. So I wonder how can we <laughs> keep that as the focus? Because they, they're always re- relying on God. It seems in order to to do these acts, um, these political acts of resistance and bravery. How can we not? How, how can we avoid losing that very important um, reality? I, I think whether or not the um the that particular testimony or scripture mm-hmm. um, makes it into the article, mm-hmm. which I, I think it's important for us at least to note that when that upon interviewing these black women, massive journalist institutions that you know lots of folks would label a certain way in terms of religion and especially Christianity, mm-hmm. they ran their quotes. Twitter went mm-hmm. crazy with the Psalms that Brie quoted. Yeah, that's and true. that itself was a testimony. The other thing that's happening is uh, in Black communities, uh, sadly, this might happen sometimes more in like movement spaces versus mm-hmm. uh, church spaces that haven't opened themselves to the movements for uh, Black rehumanization. But in movement spaces, there is this call upon the full story mm. of King, the full story mm-hmm. of Malcolm, the full story of Fannie Lou, knowing the imperfections mm-hmm. that provide a fuller, deeper picture, mm. even of the people mm-hmm. whose words we're learning, whose mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. we're leaning into, the the weakness as well as the skill and the charisma. Those things create a fuller picture, which means if you're just right. super then you're not fully human. Yeah, and that's, yeah. you know, the point yeah. we're making here. But at the same time, I think it is happening. Mm. I think it's the white controlled world mm. that's blocking the news mm-hmm. from getting out as usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, it was happening late at night in grandmama and then kitchen mm-hmm. when they would lean over the stove and cry. Amen. And they were just making the choice not to let us see them weep. Yes. And now we are pushing, we're even pushing and consoling by saying it's time for us to see you weep so that we know that weeping is not, is not weakness Mm. that we know that Mm. weeping is part of you finding your strength. Mm -hmm. You know, this, the symbolism of resting in the face of um, what appears to be uh, insurmountable oppression, the ability to rest and mm. I was, so I was over here thinking about uh, good old, uh, what is it, uh, geographic, those, those shows like the Animal Kingdom, whatnot, <laughs> and how, you know, animals who are the most uh, mm-hmm. fierce mm-hmm. sleep the most. The strongest animals, you know, if you go to the zoo, you, you may never see the lion, right? Because you're like, where is mm-hmm. he? And they're like, he's asleep. I mean, animals, <laughs> animals who um, feel, mm-hmm. animals who are deeply protected. And animals who they themselves embody the protection rest and they rest a lot. And there is something about knowing that you are covered by 
the God who has all power and all love and wields power for the sake of love, for the purpose of love and by love, that when you, I think when you hold to that, it does give you an ability, this uncanny ability to rest. Of course, I think about Jesus on the boat, right? And the disciples are like, hey, uh, we got problems. I need you to get up and get out of here. But, but Christ being fully human and fully God can rest. Mm-hmm. And I think when we reflect on who Christ is, it does give us the ability in the midst of storms to rest. It doesn't mean we don't care, but it does mean the symbolism of this woman um, engaging in nonviolent resistance and saying, I think I'm going to take a nap while I'm up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if that is not, that is not a sermon picture, mm-hmm. not of yeah. arrogance, yeah. not of arrogance, yeah. but a sermon picture of, God got God has me. So so in that sense, self-care, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ability to just rest in the moment, to be mindful and to sit is actually um, our ability to reflect on the fact that we don't run the world. We don't run the planet. <laughs> it's, you know, like it's, you know, if we go right now, things don't keep moving forward, right? That God is in control and that we can actually rest in that. And that is not a dishonoring of the yeah. of the injustice or the pain or the hurt because we're not going to stay in the state of, of Sabbath rest, right? We are going to get up and move forward. But acknowledging and showing that God is big and God is running it requires that sometimes we take a rest at the foot of Lady Liberty, so-called Lady Liberty, right? Because the God of liberty, yeah, uh, yeah, because the God of liberty, mm. right? The God of liberty makes right. it so such cool. that afraid, <laughs> mm-hmm. traumatized, mm-hmm. tired, broken, busted, mm-hmm. easily irritated. I'm talking about me. People can rest, can rest. And that is, <laughs> right. that's a real gift. And when I think about these these women that we're talking about, I think people can use language like super or superwoman, and that's going to happen. And you can lean into the stereotype for for strategic purposes, but I just think at the end of the day, I would I would consider them to be courageous. Um, that they just they just demonstrate the type of, yeah, of courage yeah. that we even see in old Old Testament and New Testament. The, the women who chose to stand and witness the crucifixion. Uh, mm-hmm. When I think about women who are in bereavement, still being courageous enough to walk, to go with Jesus yeah. all the way, to witness it all the mm-hmm. way to the end. That is courage. Um, so anyway, that those are the, some thoughts that come to mind. Hmm. No, yeah, I think that's beautiful because it's, um, I think what gets lost is that uh, Patricia, she um, she actually thought that they were going to shoot her. That, that'd be happening. For good reason, um, because that's, that seems to be what's been happening from the beginning, um, ever since the police were created. Um, and so, and she was like, you know, she was really thinking like, while up there, you know, the police is calling out to her and, um, and she said, don't come. He, he was like, she mm-hmm. said, what happened? She said, don't come up. Right. Um, and uh, the police responds to her, I care about you. And she's like, no, you don't. You could shoot me the way you shot Claudia Gomez and killed the trans woman. She's a, um, a trans woman was killed at the border. Um, and so she knows what time it is, but in the midst of that, she was still able to take a rest. Um, and I think when, when we talk about the scriptures talk about having peace, right. You know, in the midst of our trials, um, um, counting it joy, you know, when we face trials of many kinds, I think this is what, mm-hmm. in some ways, this is a, a reflection of that. It's like really, I mean, when is when is 
when is the measure of peace really um, shown? When does it really shine brightly? Is it when you're in a situation where everything's all green and the grass is green and everything's good, your bank account's looking right, dough is flowing, everything's good? Or is it when you're like literally faced with a life or death situation and you still have peace and you're still able um, to rest and mm. she even had peace, you know, while she was in her jail cell like right. that, that's supernatural. That yeah. comes from God. That cannot, that is not found um, within ourselves. Um, and I think that uh, in order for us to experience that as black right. women, we don't need to scale the um, lady Liberty, so-called lady Liberty to experience that. I think that we, uh, we 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 demonstrate courage in the everyday moments mm. uh, when when we're called to be maybe the only one right in the room, the only black woman in the room, right amongst a room full um, of white mm. men or whatever it could be, wh- whoever whoever it is. But uh, in ordinary acts, getting up every day, going to work, right, um, and still um, doing it with the joy right. of the Lord in your heart, and in some days walking. not having that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, which is why we need, we need to move from, ref- mm-hmm. exactly. That's, which is why we need to move from controlling images to actually, to reflective images, right? That actually reflect our true experience of being angry sometimes, mm-hmm. of being strong sometimes, of sometimes being very weak, sometimes being um, very happy, you know, just, just being able to see yeah. the full picture, the full story um, as uh Michelle uh, said, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know, I was, as you were talking to you, I was thinking, um, peace is not simply a feeling like being at peace, like mm-hmm. the, like mm-hmm. kind of the stable or low blood pressure or the heart rate is, you know, like, I'm not talking about the physiological mm-hmm. sensation of, I feel relaxed. So peace is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, biblical peace is not about to the degree in which you feel relaxed, <laughs> right? Mm-mm. Peace Mm-mm. is actually a person. And that person yes. is not just a peacemaker for us. He's a peace offering. He himself, yes. he himself. And the prince of is, peace. Exactly. And has given mm-hmm. himself as the offering um, to make us right in our relationships, first and foremost, uh, between us and God. So I think, um, what, I, I think that when we're thinking about persisting through difficult circumstances, whether they be societal or in our own life or resisting our own sin or, or healing from our own traumas or whatever it is. If we're, if we're looking for a sensation that tells us, okay, it's time to be courageous. It's time to be brave. Now then we're going to miss it. We're not looking for Mm -hmm. a sensation. We are holding to the one who's holding to us, which is a person. Christ is the peace. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if we can get out of our heads and stop looking for that, now, don't get me wrong. I like to feel I like to feel comfortable and relaxed too. And most of the time, I think I probably am. I, I'm probably somewhere in there naturally. But um, but yeah, but the peace that we're talking about is not a sensation; it's a person. No, yes, and the ability to to pull into that is all uh, is all by the grace of God, really. Um, and some days it's just a straight up disposition. Like, okay, God, I'm going to choose (laughs) to hold on to your peace today. You know, I'm going to hold my peace today. You know, (laughs) but really, yeah, practicing, practicing joy as you, as you often Mm -hmm. say. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I think that's because I was going to ask, is there a way that we can, you know, uh, advise our sisters around the table? Um, you know, when they, when they, when this controlling mm-hmm. image, right, of, of the strong black woman or the super woman comes up, 
what what they what they do to begin to undo that to be able to push back against that. But I, I yeah. think we kind of hit some of that. I don't know if you have any additional well, thoughts. Well, you know, on also that. too, I think it's I think we got to admit how tempting it is to uh, oh yeah want to put on the label of a seemingly positive stereotype, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it certainly feels a whole lot better than black tropes about. Uh, promiscuity or laziness or you know what I mean like so if you were if you were to line up all the different <laughs> stereotypes about yes. black people yes. and we had yes. to pick one yeah. <laughs> I would be like yes. okay I'm gonna pick that one over there you know like that's I, I, I get it and also yeah. the fact that all of us desire um, to 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 be God to be God over ourselves and to be God over other yeah. people and so there is a temptation mm. to pick up this superhero thing as a way to resist sure. the subhuman label that we have been given, right? Um, but you know, I I would encourage people to resist it, to lean into vulnerability, to cling to the peace that clings to us, which is a person, not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I would think mm-hmm. of, I would think about really honestly expanding over our vocabulary, just saying like that woman was courageous. Yes, courageous, a, courage, courage, a woman of courage, you know, a woman um, of valor, um, and yeah. and we can acknowledge mm-hmm. that you can be that way in a moment. Like so, we so you so they don't have to be that all the time. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this woman is not still at the foot of the uh, Statue of Liberty, right? So yes. and Brie is not still you know climbing that particular pole. There are there are there are seasons, right. Right. and then there there have to be seasons where we sit back and we look at our brothers and sisters and we go, wow, how courageous of them. It doesn't have to always be us, you know. So, um, yeah, that's what comes. That's what comes to mind for me. What would What would you say? What helps you to kind of shake loose of that? I would say, uh, you know, well, set, first of all, set set Patricia Kulu <laughs> free. Okay, step one. Um, step set one. Us, give us us free. Give us us free. Okay, give us us free. We, I'm t- I'm, we, we got to move, move beyond these these controlling images. It has to stop. <laughs> so, uh, so let's free ourselves. But also, we have to examine ourselves in the ways that we've internalized that, right? Because we've seen it as a positive, and we've seen it as, in in some ways, we've taken it on and we've internalized it um, to a degree to the point where we've owned it and worn it as a badge, you know. Um, and so, I think in some ways, we kind of have to take ownership of um mm-hmm. of how we've taken it in um rather either through ignorance or because we felt we had to right uh because oftentimes we feel like we don't have much of a choice but to be that um and it t- take stock of that um and right and push into into weaknesses and i, I hate these oh, binaries gosh, right yes. we can be all of these things right you know so mm-hmm. it doesn't you can just simply be human like that, that's what you are. Um, and I think, and that's how God sees you. Like he is the creator. God is the creator. We are the creature. Uh, and so, and we have to keep that straight and together. And so, which is why I say, let's just be fearlessly anthropomorphic and let's own our weakness. When you feel like crying, cry, mm-hmm. you know, when you feel like we weep, you know, grieve, um, um, and, and, and reach out you know, to, to other people too, and let them see that weakness as well too. Right. Or, or those moments of vulnerability, maybe that's even better to say it that way. Um, and so that, so that people can begin to, um, uh, uh, uh remove that, that, um, I guess, it's, how, how can I say mm-hmm. that, that stereotype that they put projected upon you? Um, cause I know a lot of people be like, Oh, you're so strong. You're so this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 
I need grace. I need prayer. I need, you know, and so I'm oftentimes very explicit about like, no, this is what I'm going through. These are my struggles. These are the things that I'm crying out to God about. So people know like, no, I'm not strong. You know, I'm not only strong. I'm strong and this and that and that, you know, and just like you, I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get scared. I'm afraid. Uh, you know, I have desires. I need to be loved mm-hmm. and cared mm-hmm. for like everybody else. Um, so I think it's some doing doing our own work, taking stock, taking inventory of how we've internalized that um, and how we need to undo that and also begin to put out um, a, a, a more full orb narrative of our re- reality as black women who are image bearers um, and who are fearfully and wonderfully made uh, um, and just take stock of that and, and put that out to the world uh, and, and embrace that, embrace that as, um, as our strength. Okay. You know, so I'm good with that being our superpower. Oh my gosh. <laughs> owning our, our humanity. <laughs> that, that, that is great. Oh my gosh, yes. Ta-da. That would awesome. <laughs> we just served our purpose. The end, yes. we're people. The end. The end. Oh, there you go. Well, hey, of course, I just want to thank y'all, my sisters, for taking a seat at the table with us. And to our listeners, thank y'all for taking a seat at the table with us. Every week you come and sit and sup with us and we appreciate it. So let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about I'm right. not your superwoman. All right. um, and shout out Karen White, <laughs> the prophetess. Prophetess Karen White. Shout her out. <laughs> so tweet us your thoughts about um, I'm not your superwoman using the hashtag truth table follow us on twitter and instagram at truth table or email us your thought at ask table at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review the show on itunes and subscribe on the satchel podcast player and oh my goodness before we go um we are truth table is going live mm-hmm. y'all we are going to be in grand rapids on august 16th y'all asked and we heard y'all um so please make sure you go and buy your tickets first of all it's, it's 15 dollars through august 1st so you still have some time it's only 15 bucks go visit uh grcmc.org to actually purchase your tickets. It'll be a whole night about, of course, race and faith and truth table doing what we do on here. And uh, we will be joined by musical guests, Sharon Irving and Cherie, who are both worship leaders in their own rights. And it's going to be a really good night. So if you're in Grand Rapids or near Grand Rapids, get your homegirls together and take a little bit of a road trip um, and come see about us. We'd love to see y'all there. Um, So as y'all know, Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.